In the name of Jesus, the Lord does things his way. He does what he wants, says what he wants, goes where he wants. Our God is in the heavens, the psalmist says. He does all that he pleases. And what exactly does he want? He wants all people to be saved and to come to a knowledge of the truth. And so, God doesn't just stay in the heavens. He comes. He comes as the ransom, the payment, the sacrifice for all. God comes to die. You couldn't guess that or expect it. It's not our way of doing things, but it is the Lord's way. For, as Paul says, the word of the cross is foolishness to the perishing. But to us who are being saved, it's the power of God. And so we preach Christ crucified, which is the power of God and the wisdom of God. Because God chose what is low and despised in the world, so that no human being might boast in his presence. And because of him, you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God, righteousness and sanctification and redemption, so that, as it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. And so, when the Lord does things his way, when he saves, when he's the ransom, it's unsuspecting, unexpected. When salvation comes, it's impossible by human thinking to predict. But it's the Lord's way of doing things. He likes it this way. It's the punchline. Not to a joke, but some of the best news ever. The Lord puts salvation in unexpected places for you. Now, the Lord doesn't just give salvation. He is salvation. Last week's psalm is just one example of many from the Bible. Hope in God, for I shall again praise him, my salvation and my God. And so it is that Jesus was named Jesus, Yahweh saves. For, as the angel said, he will save his people from their sins. And there we get to the unexpected. Jesus, God himself, God your salvation, carried in Mary's womb. So our God comes. He does not keep silence. But the unexpected keeps on going. Salvation rides a donkey. The war horse is a vain hope for salvation, the psalmist says. And the Egyptians figured all that out at the Red Sea. Their horses and their chariots couldn't save them from Yahweh saving his people. As Moses sang, the Lord is my strength and my song, and he has become my salvation. 
And it is to Jerusalem, then, that this same Yahweh comes, riding a donkey. The donkey isn't what's humble, but it's rider. For Jesus comes as the greater Solomon. And so, like Solomon did, Solomon rode his father's own donkey, David's donkey, as David commanded Solomon to do to Solomon's own coronation. And so now we get to the unexpected humility of the cross. That's where Christ is going. That's his true coronation with thorns. There Jesus is king of the Jews. As we're told, he emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men, and being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. And then after that, we get to salvation's final, but not so final, resting place. Salvation was held, buried, locked up in a tomb. That's part of what our psalm today is talking about. The stone that the builders rejected has become the cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. For as Isaiah says, the Lord has laid a foundation in Zion, a stone, a tested stone, a precious cornerstone of a sure foundation. Whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. Christ is that cornerstone, his empty tomb, the foundation. The Lord puts salvation in unexpected places for you. In the womb of a virgin, riding a donkey, dead on a cross, buried in a tomb. Your salvation, your Jesus, was held and carried and put in these many unexpected places for you, to save you. This is how he came and saved you. And how often we shrug off the topsy-turvy nature of salvation. But the Lord, true to form, keeps the unexpected going when he puts his salvation in unexpected places for you. And it's not only that salvation, Jesus, is held by unexpected things. It is also that his salvation word comes in unexpected ways for you. The God who gives salvation to you, and in, in fact is your very salvation, brings his word, his salvation word, to you. And this isn't just the message about salvation, but it's his word that saves you. And yet, nothing is set aside more often than that. 
sola scriptura, scripture alone, has become merely a bumper sticker slogan of a bygone era. Faded, tattered, torn, barely hanging on. We often feel that we can safely avoid his salvation word, the word that saves, and still be saved, still be forgiven. As if it's of little or no importance because it's so insignificant or simple or humble compared to personal feelings or experience. But it is because of his salvation word that his word saves that the Lord commands under penalty of losing his favor that you should not despise preaching and his word, but hold it sacred. Because when the Lord is bringing his salvation word to you, bringing it in unexpected ways, he is, one, doing what he always does, but two, suffering himself to be rejected. He would let you reject all the way to your own doom. And yet his salvation word comes. It comes unexpectedly tied to water. Jesus commands, All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Make disciples of all nations by baptizing them. Or as Isaiah says today, he shall speak peace to the nations. His rule shall be from sea to sea and from the river, the river Euphrates, to the ends of the earth. The promise of peace is in the watery salvation word of holy baptism. And holy baptism is for you, for your children, and for all. Yet many Christians delay. When his word joins bread and wine, well, on that bread and wine, in it, with it, under it, comes his body and blood for the forgiveness of your sins. The bread and wine are his body and blood. There he satisfies your hunger, your thirst for righteousness. Here again, Zechariah, because of the blood of my covenant with you, I will set your prisoners free from the waterless pit. Be pretty thirsty after coming out of a waterless pit. So the Lord gives his supper. So also Jesus restores to you double body given for you, blood shed for you. And all of this tied together with Palm Sunday is why we also sing when he comes, uh, as we sing in the Sanctus before communion, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, Hosanna in the highest. But it's not just his salvation word splashed on us or put into our ears or even 
into our mouths. His salvation word comes out of our mouths too. And this, we see, is why we worship the way we do. We have, as you could maybe call it, intergenerational worship. Here we sing psalms, as Scripture bids us do. We sing hymns, as Scripture bids us do. We even sing, as I just said, the words of Matthew chapter 21. We sing the Bible. And the words that we sing then go into the ears and the hearts of others even into the ears and hearts of our children. And what do you end up what do you end up with when you do that? Well, you get what happens shortly after our gospel reading ends. A little further on in Matthew chapter 21, we hear this. When the chief priests and the scribes saw the children crying out in the temple, Hosanna to the son of David, they had just heard this on the road, the chief priests and scribes were indignant, and they said to Jesus, Don't you hear what they're saying? And Jesus said to them, Yes, have you never read? Out of the mouths of infants and nursing babies you have prepared praise. So also, our worship works this way too. The Lord does things His way. And what's doing things His way? Well, the Lord puts salvation in unexpected places for you. He is your salvation, and salvation, your salvation, your Jesus, was held, carried, and put in many unexpected places to save you. The womb of the virgin, a manger, a donkey, on a cross, in a tomb. Salvation itself died. Unexpected. Foolishness, says the world, but wonderful to us who are being saved. And the Lord continues to put salvation in unexpected places for you. It's when his salvation word, his word that saves, comes to you in unexpected ways. His word from a preacher to save you. His word tied to water to baptize all nations. His word tied to bread and wine so that they are his body and blood for you for the forgiveness of your sins. And it's not just his word splashed over us or in our ears and into our mouths. It comes out of our mouths too, even out of the mouths of our children. And so we sing. It's not only singing the joy of salvation, joy over Jesus and what he does for you, we can have joy also in how he chooses to do it. Because it's the punchline, not to a joke, but to some of the best news ever. That the Lord puts salvation in unexpected places for you. In the name of Jesus.